Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this, the 36th episode of Blood on the Thames, a Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle set in London, England. With me tonight... A much more rested Carlos playing Moses of Clan Nosferatu. Peter playing Benjamin of Clan Malkavian. Philip playing Sarah Matthews of Clan Gangrel. What? Sarah what? Because a lot of weird stuff happened last episode, including the casual massacre of Tweety Pies. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you pull that face. It's a game of <laughs> personal avian down. storytelling horror. Yeah. <laughs> Catch it. It's the new release from... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the recap from last episode, if you please. So, Sarah meets the prince. It all goes surprisingly well. He seems to be distracted by other things. Uh, he hands his fate over to Lisa, who never seeming to realise uh, who Sarah's sire really is. Um, Moses lets out his beast to punish some very evil people. Uh, they deserved it. Um, Nancy is just brutal. Benjamin hides and then snacks on the fringes. Bites here and there. Uh, Sarah is informed that she's going to be introduced to Jim's coterie. Perhaps Lisa is nastier than we thought. So uh, Benjamin goes home to find Amelia alive and well. Uh, they have a lovely evening in his imagination. Oh my god. But Moses goes home to find Alice there. Um, she seeks comfort in his arms and the two feed on each other. The first step in a mutual blood bond. And Sarah discovers that Jim is definitely dead. So Benjamin meets uh, Anatoly and Lucita. He has no idea how scary they are. Uh, while healing, he gets very hungry. He goes hunting and he eats a lot of birds, like a really a lot. Um, he's approached by the alderman who wants to meet the prophet and the alderman is not prepared to take no for an answer. Luckily for Benjamin, Lucita has no time for any of the alderman shit and uh, she steals with him and then they return to Anatoly to find out what he has planned. And that's where the session ends. That is where we left off. So before we leap into it, uh, first of all, I want to offer a big happy birthday, happy birthday. to the mighty paintbrush. Hey. Happy birthday. Hey. Yeah. And also congratulations on getting the job. Yes. Congrats. You got it, girl. You do realise we're taking partial credit for that with our wondrous now missing note. But it was there last week. So, congrats. Anyway... <laughs> We will go straight back into things. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Who should we start with? Well, first things first. I need some remorse checks. Aye. Because we didn't do it at the end of last session. Aye, caramba. For those that might have forgotten, although I'll be surprised if any of the chat have, these guys got some stains last session, and we didn't roll for it. <clears throat> also, willpower recovers. Okay. You will recover a point of aggravated willpower if you have any. I'm, I'm cool. full track. It's healthy now. Thank you. Shall I, shall I just get over with? Oh. Like ripping off a band-aid. Should we do it at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, go on then. One, two, three. Got a seven! Got a seven! No! <laughs> Following on my kind of rousing tradition. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. 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 Thanks to Casira64 for the <laughs> gift of these dice that I use exclusively for remorse checks, and they have not let me down. Yes. <laughs> so. Period. They have not let me down. They I'll will let not. you guys justify that how you justify that. Yes. I'm going to be crying. So. No tears from me. I mean, those people, they were bad people when you think about it. 
yeah I, I actually I think I'm gonna go with the same train of thought probably talking with Alice like yeah. a heart-to-heart -heart in which I talk and she listens because I want her to talk but she wouldn't she, she won't and I will pretty much carry the conversation in the same way I carried it with Nancy it's like hey I, I should be I should feel bad about this but I'm not and then probably what makes me feel really bad about it or I realized that the reason I have not been feeling actually bad is because I had like everything happened while I was under the thrall of the beast. So I just walk like m try to mentally walk through what happened, trying to remember, trying to describe what was left, realize the extent of my actions under the thrall of the beast and say, okay, if the guilds are going to be punished, they have to be punished. This was more like an execution. It, it was not. It was not the way it should have been done. Like I need to st still stop them, but there are other ways. We could have gotten a lot more information. They could have gotten like life sentences with the police, or help Alan Burr and his allies to get a, a new unit for you know um, human trafficking or child uh, trafficking. And we, ju we just lost the opportunity of of doing so much more. Uh, and then, of course, it's the fact that I let the beast run loose. So, so <clears throat> first of all, since you've started, we'll start with you. Your evening with Alice is both strange and comforting for a multitude of reasons. Not only because of the blood bond, not only because of the sudden onrush of feelings which were already there and have been there since pre-embrace yeah but now they've become even more solidified they've gone past the level where they're at the back of your mind and they're brought to the fore every time you see her at this point they're there even when you're thinking through and justifying to yourself and then finding you can't justify it to yourself the actions that occurred the previous night even when that's happening you still distracted by yeah, she's at the forefront Something and in, I in a, buried before my embrace and, now. and in a way that's a good thing because it helps even though you can't stop the remorse beginning to show you can't stop the way your body involuntarily begins to shake as you relate the details to her and she lets you she doesn't interrupt she listens and although she doesn't say anything whether or not she can is unclear. She hasn't said anything at all since she's arrived. But she listens. And just having her there is enough of a comfort to try and rein in the absolute onrush of sudden realization. As you're thinking back through everything that occurred, it's very, very easy to try and justify what happened as justice. But then when you look at the details of exactly what transpired, you can't justify that. You can't justify what happened. And you can't justify how good the beast made you feel when you did it. And that's the horrifying part. And you're not sure whether or not it makes you feel better or worse with the look she gives you when you describe it. Because you can't tell whether or not she's looking at you as though she understands. Or she looks at you as though she doesn't believe you could possibly portray that kind of savagery. It was, it was a massacre. It was, it was unwarranted completely. But the fact that you don't know whether or not she believes you or not is making it worse. 
but then eventually the talk dies down and you enjoy your time together in each other's company before the sun finally rose and you both knew nothing but when you rewoke when your senses began to switch back on one after the other after the other and you were in your familiar surroundings initially there is a pang of anger and aggression that shoots through you at the presence of someone immediately in your vicinity and immediately that vanishes quenched by this overwhelming joy at the fact that Alice is there beside you I mean yeah you would have been happy anyway she'd been there but at this point it's truly elevating and she is stirring before you do and as she slips away from the bed and begins gathering her clothes back up she gets dressed she doesn't say anything but she looks over at you and she does give a very very warm smile as she redresses um she looks over towards the bites that she still has and then very very slowly watches as they seal and then she chucks clothes at you and then marches out the room same i get dressed and start trying trying struggling to go through a mental note of things that i need to do tonight like a list maybe talking to her seeing if she says anything about what what is she going to be doing tonight is she does she have any plans uh okay <clears throat> So after you get in, you, you dress and you step out and you begin to say this to her. Roll me. Roll me wits plus insight. Okay. One, two, three, four. I don't see this die. Five. Five successes. <clears throat> Normal. No, no crits. This is the first time since the previous night you've seen a slip in her composure. And the moment that you speak and ask her this, she... There's a very brief moment where she slows and becomes still, almost as though she's trying to weigh a response. And then when she just turns at you and she offers a smile... She opens her mouth as though she's about to say anything and then just closes it again. But that briefest of pauses makes it clear that she's not just like, I can't fucking speak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's more of a case of, fuck. And then she comes up with a response. And it's a small enough gap. It wasn't a critical win, was it? Wasn't. No, okay. Yeah. So, that's the response she gives. Um, so you have something to do tonight. I'm, I'm just going to give her... Yes or no questions from now on. Um, do, you, do you need leaving now or later? Later. Okay, I have a couple of things to do. I need to first quickly sort out this mess because... Here, boy. Here, boy. And I start looking for my puppy. The puppy hasn't left where you sent him before. He sat there just staring at you, tail <laughs> wagging. Head low, and the moment he sees Alice, the tail starts going even further. And as she stares at him, he's like, oh, okay. Can I leave? Can so I, I leave? Can I leave? Can I leave? I can leave! And runs out towards you. Um, she 
goes to pet him. There's a caution there. Even though he gets excited when he sees her, she, he's always... He seems to have clued itself in that this is dangerous territory, being around either of you. But given that he's your familiar... Time looks in the way. Mm. But just grab him by the... Okay, this little buddy is doing like a lot of messes. So I need to... I need, I need to um, just clean up. Um, also, I have... Uh, have we cut? Oop, yep. Uh, two seconds, guys. We'll just sort out the any audio and issues. Is it me being echoing again? Echo, echo, echo. Hello again. So apologies about that, guys. It's uh, been a while since we had some techie issues. Uh, I assume everything's okay now. Just give us a shout in the box if it comes back and we'll... I'll do that if it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dylan is the official yeah. Dylan Gas hat. I mean this is yeah. about as like emphatic as Dylan ever gets, yeah. so it's quite yeah. eye catching. The disaster ghoul. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the tech ghoul. Tech ghoul symbol. The tech ghoul jazz hand thing. So you've you picked up the puppy. Um and, which... I, I, and I'm telling Alex I I need to sort out the apartment. Susan and Lucy are staying here in the meantime. There is, she has a, a tough like legal situation and I'm trying to get Alan Bird to help her. Problem is, um, uh, Alicia was in Alan Bird's house because a friend of Jim was there and tried to kill him. He was at the hospital, so I need to check on him, even if it's by phone. Uh, I need to clean the place to tell uh, Susan and, and, and Lucy to come back. And stay here uh, and I I need to check in with the constable I need to check in with Benjamin because he's been freaking out and I need well yes I I mean he, he he will always be freaking out but this is this is different then I think I didn't have a chance to actually tell you what happened at church with the lupines and I tell it in detail, and how I heroically I killed one of the lupines. And I say that, and I say it like sincerely. It's like, and I killed one of the lupines while it was distracted, guarding another hound. Shot him in the head with my special fiery bullet. She looks. As close to disbelief as you have ever seen, Alice, it's almost like a frog has told someone that they've, like, you know, 20 different wives of... I don't know where I'm going with this example, <laughs> but... Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like it's something disbelief, you know, in... It's okay, it's okay. Um, well, it did happen. The problem is, Benjamin then started painting at church with the blood and gore of the lupines. And he started painting pictures of things in flames. And then we had a conversation. And he has been having visions. And every time he has visions, it's scary. Because he, remember the one with me being torn apart, torn apart, and other stuff? Okay. In this one, everybody is on fire. Except me. Which made me... Like, I'm worried about the guy. Uh, so I'm going to have to check with him. And, oh, oh, oh. And I, I hold her hands. And I, I get, like, that serious. It's like, um, I've been helping Plucky Jake. Except 
for the last couple of nights when we were dealing with the gym situation. We we caught him, Alice. Alexander. The guy with the missing eye who tortured us. We caught him. I've been she lets go of your hands. I've been aiding Plucky Jake in trying to extract information from him. And I have to say my primogen is quite skilled at the whole thing. It makes me uncomfortable to be there because it reminds me of... Never mind. Um, He's not roaming free. We got him. So that makes me feel safer. I don't know if it makes you feel safer. It makes me feel safer knowing that he's not around, he's not about, and he's he's getting his due. I mean, there's no way I can speak up and say stop it, you know, even if I wanted to, which I, I kind of don't. I, I, I'm i torn on that one as well. Um, uh, it's, been a, uh, it's been a few rough weeks but if you if you come with me because it's literally checking in some of this are going to be phone calls uh after I, then i if you want me i can go with you wherever and sort things out Bzzzt. which one mine's or hers yours okay which one your generic phone. Oh, then, okay. Unknown number. Show, show it to, to Alice. So she knows it's an unknown number. Like, Hello? Sorry to interrupt. Is this Moses I'm speaking to? Who is this? Lisa Ketting. Oh, Miss Ketting. Um, evening. Yes, it is me. Um, my, my dad asked, how did you find my number? We have a mutual friend. Um, who? A distant uncle. A distant uncle of, of yours. Okay. Um, understood. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. How can I help you, Miss Captain? Yes? I have a request to make of you. Uh, I assure you I'll be most grateful if you could hear me out. Yes, absolutely. Over the phone or in person? In person, if possible. Mm. I'm not too far away from your previous address. Which one? The one that's being refurbished. Oh, uh, understood. I, I had no plans on going over there tonight, but I manage I can I can make time for, for a primogen of the toy order, of course. You can almost hear the wince on the phone. <laughs> I'd appreciate that. Um, I will I will let the constable know that I I will be slightly delayed from doing this because you need to talk to me. That's not a problem. Yes. Uh, when? As soon as you can get here. We're in the area anyway. You got your car. 
Um, what, maybe, I'll tell her about an hour. I'll be there. Thank you very much for your time. Bye. Hang up. Twitter Primogen wants to ask, she wants to ask something of me and she would be very appreciative. I don't know, the previous Primogen of the Torador was like a nightmare to be had and now I'm, I'm I, if this sounds like the way I think it sounds, it sounds like a boon. Well, let's get this sorted, then we can just go there. I can just call Benjamin. Um, yeah, sure, why not? She's going to ask a favor of me. It's okay. I mean, you don't, well, if you, if you don't want to be in the conversation, just wait for me. I, I doubt it's going to be something long. Mm, yes. <sighs> Drop me off, pick me up later. 10, 15 minutes. Something like that. Okay. And that's how we do it. I just clean the house as best as I can. Yeah. Put food for Popper until we find a name for him because he Lucy looks has to very appreciative. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, um, Lucy has to come up with a name because if I name him, she's not gonna like it. So it's, I can do that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she did it with Foggy <laughs> and had to live with it. Um. So yeah. And um. And then just literally get ready, and before I leave, dial to Benjamin. Okay. So, so this is gonna be like an hour or so after I, or after I woke up. Okay. So, you have left the vicinity of the recent Birdicide. Mm-hmm. <coughs> <laughs> feeling slightly less peckish than you were mm. slightly more comfortable now that you see that you're in the company of somebody who at least for their own reasons has your immediate safety in mind yeah you don't see any trace as you step out of the house of the alderman you do look mm -hmm. lucita doesn't okay at least not outwardly but as you're stepping around going towards your car you keep your eyes out mm -hmm. you manage to reach the car and climb into it as Lucita sits in the back mm -hmm. and you begin your journey back I'm assuming towards oh yeah yeah okay it doesn't take you too long to make your way back towards yours you know the roads very well and at this time it's early enough where most people have already left for work they're mm. where they need to be and if they are going to go out you know given that it's a Wednesday day it's you know hump day not many people are going to go out at this point this late um they're preparing themselves for another couple of days of work so it is relatively quiet so mm -hmm. and as you make your way back uh, finally you reach yours um and rather than have to go up towards your flat you find anatoly sat with a jacket quite a ripped jacket with his hands in his pockets just waiting on the stairs um Hello, did you were you keen to get started? Well, time's uh We don't have a lot of it. I'd rather get this underway so we can have a proper tack. Oh right, of course. Um did do you want me to drive you somewhere? Yeah, uh, I know the place and uh Alright. If we go there straight away then we've got plenty of time to discuss what happens after. 
Yes, that, that sounds that sounds like a nice way to do things. So get in the get in the car. You climb into the car. Lucita doesn't get out of the car. Okay. She waits there. But every time he approaches the car he stops as another car goes by and he stops and takes an he observes it going around the corner. He mutters to himself. And then just goes back towards approaching the car. So you're waiting a good five minutes for him to approach. Because every time he goes past, he observes the car. Doesn't say anything otherwise. At least nothing that you can hear. And then finally he climbs into the car. Here's the address. And he hands across to you a slip of paper which has a caravan park outside of London. Okay. So I guess I will get my map out and I'll have a look at how I think I'm going to get there. And then... Once you get outside of London, it's a straight drive. It's not too far away. I will start to drive. I'll say to him, um, it, it's probably good that you're cautious. Did you, did you know that, that um, someone's looking for you? You might need to be a little bit more specific. Oh, are there, are there lots of people? Yeah. Oh, well, no, I, I understand what that's like. Um, well, um, there's this... Um, a man, and he, he uh, called himself the Alderman, the Alderman, the Alderman, and and he was, I didn't get a very good vibe about him, in fact he was, I'm used to dealing with very, very, um, I don't... Dark hair, glasses? He had sort of stringy hair, uh, I think he was wearing a cap. Um, Looks around at Lucito, he's just not paying attention. Um, he, he, um, he seemed to have a very short number of steps between um, conversation and violence. And I, I'm very used to people like that. I've no, had... that's not who I'm thinking of. Oh, right. Um, he gave me to the count of three to take... He wouldn't really explain himself. He said I had to take him to you, and, and it was clear he was going to do something horrible if I didn't. And just as he was about to do something horrible, um, Lucita very kindly stepped in and... Well, she was... She, she put him in his place, let's, let's, let's say that. Let's say that. He starts paying attention to you and watches as another car goes past. Is that the third or fourth red car that's gone by? Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't counting red cars. Should I be counting red cars? I think it was the fifth. Anyway, come on. I'll carry on driving. You continue on your route towards this one place. He doesn't actually answer your question, and he doesn't continue the discussion unless it's brought up. Lucita remains quiet. Okay. In a kind of threatening manner, or just in a quiet manner? Wait, what, Lucita? Mm. One and the same, really, where she's concerned. Okay. Uh, I mean, she's the kind of individual where every now and again you feel the overwhelming like, compulsion to like glance over to the mirror. And as you look over into the wind mirror, you realise that it's... You think for a moment she's not in the back. And then as you kind of glance around, you realise that there is... A, it's almost like there's a smudge across the mirror from where she sat. It's extremely hard to place her. Oh. And then you double-check and then check again. And she's definitely there. And then you kind of tilt your mirror as you're driving and then realise that it's not anything to do with the mirror. It's her. Because when you do tilt the mirror, the smudge seems to shift from wherever she sat. This is uncomfortably close to something he's had gone before. Yeah, I mean, so, it, it's totally your mirror because your mirror had a delay last time. Yeah. So I, I'm probably going to leave the She's mirror alone. Leave the mirror alone. Try not to think about it. Just drive. 
to okay. my destination, I think. Okay. Meanwhile, we're not going to pick up. You have left Lisa's place. The weight of the conversation that you had previously still weighing on you to a degree, but at least it's been said. And in a weird way, the lull of torpor and the dreamlessness that comes with it was satisfying in that when you woke up, your immediate concerns were more base than thinking on your brother. And then finally, once you are awakened, settled, and once Caspian's finished giving you a very thorough sniff, Lisa leads you out, climb into the vehicle, and you begin driving. She doesn't say where, and it's only when you come within the vicinity of the remains of the crossed hands does she pull out the phone and begin making a conversation. And only through the mentioning of the name do you realize that this, that she is speaking to Moses. And then after a while, she hangs up. So how much time have you spent with this individual in the past? Um, I, th um, uh, I, I saw him when just after I had been this. Um, I think I offhand met him before for a couple of nights, but I, I was so tired. I, I could barely think, um, I, uh, what, what do you know about him? Because I don't. Well, I know that he was, um, involved with your kin. I know also that he serves at, as in the capacity of a hound, which I suppose, think of it like a police officer. For us. Okay. Or if you want a more accurate depiction, a police officer who mainly leads with the trudging. Oh. And he serves at the behest of the constable who is the law keeper, the prince's right hand. I also know that he belongs to the clan Nosferatu. How much do you know of clans? Have you been told anything? I... Only what you've mentioned. You will get a very one-sided view of the Nosferatu as you enter into kindred society. Based upon their physical affliction, which... So, the reason that, he, that, that, that he's ugly is because of the clan? Be very careful where you use that descriptor. Not all of them deal with their affliction as well as others. Regardless, their affliction hides, or rather enhances, their natural acumen for being able to accrue secrets, and they know how to trade in secrets. They know their value, because they are habitually ignored, 
and because everybody issues their company, they make, paradoxically perhaps, some of the best spies within our community. And their prowess in the blood is what gives them the ability to be where they need to be to see what they want to see. There could be one sat in this very car. I assure you there's not. I checked. But they install that mindset in you. And if you do develop that mindset and that paranoia early on, then you'll survive a little longer. But never underestimate them. And never call them ugly to their face. Be very, very wary of the Nosferatu. Be wary of what you say. Because what you say may sound innocent to you, but to them, it will be catalogued, cross-referenced, and remembered, and shared. But also remember, you might ignore them. They will not ignore you. And I'll be surprised if they don't already know of your existence and the fact that you are not yet gone. They would have come to their own conclusions on that, no doubt. So, so uh, uh, what, what, what do you advise? That you'll make yourself invaluable to them. Learn what you can from them, but remember... Anything of importance you ask me. I am responsible for your education. I do not want you making risky assumptions based on what they tell you or what they show you. You have my number. There's no reason not to call me. Um, and, um... I am... You, you, you said to make sure to keep on top of the um, hunger? I'm a little hung hungrier than yesterday. Is that something I should... It depends. I can't speak as to your mental prowess. Do you feel like you could lose control? Do you feel like you're a risk? I don't think so, but I... I'm willing to assume not. Since we've been speaking, people have been passing by my window. And not once have you looked at them, you've kept your eyes on me. I normally take that as a good enough sign that you're more in control of your faculties than where your next meal comes from. And I only have so much time tonight. We are waiting for Moses to arrive. I will make this official. And you will go into their company. You have my number, and we will meet at a regular interval to begin your lessons. <clears throat> Meanwhile, you... He doesn't pick up, right? Huh? He doesn't pick up the phone. Do you pick up the phone? You're driving, driving my car? No, he doesn't pick Certainly up the phone. Certainly not. That's the thing. God, not safety first. That is how accidents yeah. happen. Yes. Yeah, he's Drive safety. Yeah, so no, I won't pick up the phone. <laughs> uh, so I, I change 
the person and I call Susan. I tell her, um, the house is clear. Uh, you, you can come and bring um, Lucy. Uh, bring whatever stuff you, you got from your house. Just bring it over, not a problem. Uh, I will leave some, some extra cash in the counter for you in case you need it. Thank you. Is there a set time that we need to be there by, or...? No, I'm, I'm actually leaving. I might come back very, very late. But if I come back earlier, um, I will... I will need to talk to you about something. If not, it can wait until tomorrow. Okay. Well, we... We won't be long. I think she's getting tired. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, the puppy's around. Uh, I clean most of the mess. She already has the food and stuff. So, not to worry. Okay, thank you. See you later. She hangs up. The moment you press that button... Bzzzt. Which one? The same one? No, oh, your Nosferatu phone. Oh, shh. I'm not going to even bother because... The, unless it's a real amateur, it's not going to have a, an ID. No ID, right? Bzzzt. Yup. I'm walking down the stairs with Alice at this point. Okay. Getting ready to get my helmet on. <coughs> Where are you? Um, in my... In one of my havens on my way to meet with Lisa Ketting. Do what business you gotta do and then make your way to the Warrens. I want to words. Um, yes, yes, sure thing, boss. Um, Good. Cool. Then... You're gonna buzz our mutual acquaintance when you're there and I'll know when to meet you. Sorry? You're gonna buzz our mutual, sexually frustrated acquaintance and I'll know when to come and meet you. Oh, oh, yes, sure, sure. I know where to meet her. Uh, so, yes, cool. Hangs up. What? Uh, two primogens in ten, in like five minutes. What is what? And they stop. <laughs> <laughs> Edmund. Hello. <laughs> okay, so. Fuck this shit. So, <laughs> this guy didn't pick up. Call Susan. Call Nancy? Hey, Nancy. Because uh, most likely she's not going to be up. So, so, it takes a few rings. And then the phone does pick up. You leave it for a moment just to double check. Yeah, yeah I got but it. It's not the answer. Hello. Uh, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Oh, there. Um, quick thing. I had a call from... You can hear voices in the background. Yeah. Um, I got a call from Lisa Ketting. Mm-hmm. She wants to talk. I don't know what what. And then I got a call from Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also wants to talk after that. Um, so, um, am I needed for anything, you know, hound-related? I'm not the one that summons you. You know who we answer to... Yeah, but have you have you heard? I, I don't want to bother her. I think it's getting time for her of her nightly mass. So, also, I doubt she has a phone. And if she does, she really hates me because I haven't had her phone number. Well, she's not. Uh, as far as I'm aware, she's not at the church. So, uh, okay, okay. Uh, well, I'll I'll keep the 
the phone ready. So if I'm needed, just let me know. Oh, by the way, our um, recent picnic's been tidied up. I, I actually was going to ask you about that. And if I have the chance to go by later tonight, mm -hmm. I'll go pick up the papers that we we brought last night. Uh, if not, I'll I'll pick him up tomorrow or send Benjamin. Yep, no problem. I've got him in a nice sealed envelope with your name on it. Uh, yeah, I would rather you not do that. But uh, get, too get, late. Gotta go. <laughs> Probably Alice at this point is already turning on the bike. So yeah, gotta go. Bye. And um, hang up. Put my helmet on and count to five. If nothing buzzes, I'm going <laughs> the motorcycle and I'm not answering anything until nothing I Nothing does buzz. Sorry? You're safe. Nothing does buzz. You are oh, safe. Whew. Come on. I mean, I never thought having status would mean that premiums would be calling me every time. Okay. Well, you... I gotta tell you. The fame. Oh, fame, huh? <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> Wait until you get to your next star status. <clears throat> Prince is there like, Moses! Ah. <laughs> I need you, Moses! <laughs> Okay, so um, when you get to five, it's coming from America. As long as it's not someone like dangerous, like I don't know, Lucita or something. Yeah, you're right. As long as they're tame, like Emrys. So you've been driving, and the incessant buzzing of your phone does not distract you at all. And okay. you continue making your way out of London. And the silence persists in the car. And unlike with most of your coterie mates, whenever they sit in the car, this is quite a heavy silence. And it's more uncomfortable because you don't know these two. Mm. I mean, if it wasn't for the voice in your head, you wouldn't even know their names mm. or know the significance of their names. But you continue to drive out until you can see, pulling off from the road on down the side road, a sign which indicates the address of this caravan park which got pointed out to you on the the note okay i'll slow if it's a place i can kind of pull in near the turning on the, on the side grassy bit it's yeah. not a set pull in but so i'll check mirrors signal pull in. Mm -hmm. and uh say so, um th this this seems to be the place I, I was just wondering if there's anything um i should be aware of or or, or i should know before we we, we go inside I do like to be prepared, you know. That's understandable. Um, for this, I'm going to ask Lucita to remain in the car. Sorry, she normally objects at this point. No, we're good. <laughs> so, we are going to go and try and resolve a ongoing concern of yours. And then once that's out of the way, maybe you'll be more uh, agreeable to... Yeah, what needs to be done? Uh, oh, all right. I'm not really sure what you mean, but fine. Yes. Uh, what, so we're going to go in there, are we? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Just me and you. Just us. Oh, fine. fine. And him. And he points towards the red car that pulls in. Oh, I see. I yes. All right. Can I get any glimpse of the person driving the red car? Flat cap. Okay. That's the one you meant earlier. That, that's the one I meant earlier? Stringy hair. Yes. 
that's him. And is that all fine? He didn't seem... He seemed... Why do you think I'm asking her to stay in the car? Yes. Yes, you might. So I'll follow his lead. He gets out of the car and begins making his way yeah. over towards the bus. And the moment that he steps out, you can hear the crunch of stone underfoot as he begins making his way on the pathway. And the individual that's in the car, can you do glance back, is indeed the individual that followed you into the house. And he's watching you, but he's immediately aware of Lucita, who is sat very, very still in the back of the car. She's not moving. But he either guesses who it is or is trying to take his time before he makes an approach. Because you don't see his silhouette leave the car. And you can only hear the crunch of the star and the the stones underfoot as you make your way towards the tree line. And then beyond the tree line, you can just see the sign indicating that this is the caravan part, where people bring in the caravan, setting them up. Um, so there are numerous caravans of various sizes, different models, most of them with the lights out, a few of them with the lights on, but all of them with their curtains pulled. And you begin making your way up past a numerous set of cars, down towards the aisle, and Anatoly ignores them all. He just continues walking. Every now and again, he stops and admires a number plate or something similar. Um, there's once or twice he stops and then loops back round to go past an arrangement of flowers, and he just studies the arrangement of them for a long, long moment. And then he picks up one of them and then just moves it to go into a different position in the arrangement and then resets it so it's in a perfect line. And then he seems satisfied and he continues making his way down towards the end of the line. And then finally he stops outside of, outside of a caravan. Before we go in, who was she? Who 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 was who? Uh, the girl from your uh, your seat, sofa, couch. Oh, you mean Amelia? Yeah. When you arrived. Yeah. Oh, Amelia, yes. Um, she. She was. Um, it is was. Uh, she's. She. Well, she she helps me. Um, she. Um, oh, it's a bit of an odd story, but um, she. She used to look after a, a gallery for. Um, for. Edmund, and and I, I didn't know until till very late on until I didn't really understand about a lot of things honestly. But but he, he she wasn't being treated very well, and and um and there came a time when when he um he decided that that he he was very angry with her and that she had to suffer and he wanted me to be that instrument of her suffering and and and, and I, I i didn't want that and anyway i managed to persuade him to to let her go and and she came to stay with me and i i i promised that i would try and give her a better life than the one she had and and I and I tried, I tried, but it, I just can't. There's just too many. There are too many things going on that are outside of my control, and too many people that are just. 
Uh, sorry, that wasn't what you asked. She, she was a very hardworking, very um, diligent, very thoughtful person who, who didn't deserve what happened to her for, for a lot of her life. I suppose that's who she was. And, 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 um, I don't know. I, I, I thought for a while maybe I could make it different. Maybe I could make things a little better. I don't think that we make things better, but I, I thought maybe this could be a little different. Just a, not, not a grand thing, but a small thing, you know? And, 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 Anyway, it, I suppose that doesn't really matter now. Um, what she was like on the sofa? Was that what she was like before she died? Um, but sort of. Um, she was always very... Um, very she thought very carefully about how she did everything and that's she not was, what I meant no she was a little different she was more um, when I when I came back she she took the um, I was a mess when I got back um, and she was tending to me and that wasn't really she wasn't very tactile I, I, I think with very good reason she didn't really like being close that wasn't really so, so that was different she was more she That's was not more, what i meant oh did she smile yeah do you mean her normally or her her normally she, she wasn't really much of a smiler to be honest with you she wasn't very smiley which i, I can completely understand i don't I don't. I haven't smiled that much myself lately, if I'm honest. Um, I saw her smile. Yes. She, so she she did she did smile last night. Yes. That wasn't. I suppose that's different. That wasn't. That wasn't like her. Is is that what you meant? Some sometimes sometimes she would be different. I mean, sometimes, sometimes, even before what happened to happened, I would, I would, I would meet her, and she would talk to me. But then I would re realize maybe it wasn't her; it just looked like her, and she would tell me about things, and it would be different. Um, and 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 that's around the time that I started to hear about you, so I think maybe that's important. So so sometimes. I don't know. The sometimes she, it's not her, but it just looks a bit like her. But then the, the things she says are not things that she would say. But but last night she she was just herself, and and, and that was all. And it was it was it was nice. But you know, now that you mention it, she she knew you were coming because she kept she was reading to me and she kept looking at the door like you were looking for the cars. It was like that. So, we're all connected, whether we want to be or not. Right. But you and I are connected a little differently. We we are. But how how? Well, 
You'll... You'll... <laughs> you'll see. Alright. You just gotta learn to... Know what you're looking at. You you kind of got it. I I have. All right. Kind of. So what what what? We're obviously here to to, to do something. Or yeah. so what what? How would you what do you want to do now? Why do you think we're here? I have absolutely no idea. You're not seeing patterns. Why am I asking about her? I uh, is this connected to her? This place. Right. Um, is is this where she? I know she had a home, a family home somewhere else. Is this is this something about her family or or where she lived at some point? Or I'm I'm sorry. It's been a, a, a very very strange few nights, weeks. Months. I, I'm sorry if I'm not getting the point. The one inside is the one that took her life. She knows we're here. I told her that we're here. A Alicia. Yeah. Alicia's here. We sh we should no. get we should get Lucita because no. This is going to hang over you. Yes. Are we, are, are we here to, to, to get her? No. I'm going to go in and speak to her. And what? And then you are going to go and say what you have to say. And do what you have to do. All right. Uh, are you sure that's a, a good idea? Because the last time I saw her, I really didn't keep very good control of myself. I don't know what I'll do if I see her. And and, and I don't think that's Same going to work out very well Same thing you're going to do me. the next time you see someone that kills someone you like, you care about. I, 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 is, is there an important reason why we're doing this? Because this seems like... I, I mean, I'm not fully recovered from the last time I met her, and I don't think... You're not going to fully recover over anything until you deal with this. And where we're going, what we'll do. Yes. I can't have a broken mirror. Right. Right. Are you, are you going to make sure that she doesn't break me again? Because... No. Oh, we need to. And he steps around you. And he starts making his way towards the wooden steps that go up. And he stops as he reaches the top and he turns and he gives you a half smile. And then... Alicia, it's me. I'm coming in. And he opens the door and steps inside. Where have you headed? Uh, the cross hands. Okay. Previous address that she knows. I'm on, I'm going to my domain, Camberwell, where I know. Well, hopefully, as she'll be there. 
Yeah. So you make your way towards the cross stands. Very, very conscious of the fact that there's still a police presence. <clears throat> Not to the outward, um, to the outside of looking in. Most of the uh, identifiable police cruisers are in different places. Every now and again, through going through the area. But you are aware, because you are taking note just out of habit, that every now and again there goes a car going past, and you can see someone with a stab vest on. And you know that the police are still making non-uniform circuits around. But you do manage to see a car positioned not too far away from where the cross hands is. Not close enough that it's going to draw any unwanted attention, but it's one of the few ones that are parked up that still has people in. Well, I, I just tap on this on the, on the leg and point over the, the car. And uh, step behind, I just, with still with my helmet, walk until I see the people in the car. Lisa Ketting steps out of the car. She's got a long coat on, it's tied with a wide, um, wide sash. And as she steps out, she gestures for you to get out the other side of the car. You just and pull the visor, not the whole face, just yeah. the visor, which would be like a normal conversation still for people around but they would have to be like in front of me to see my eyes you immediately recognize lisa lisa ketting as she adjusts the glasses and she steps around towards the front of the car the car stops moving as she reaches in and turns off the ignition and then you recognize sarah getting out of the other side of the car evening ladies there's somewhere i'd like to discuss with you if you would like us to move somewhere a little less open yes please and she begins leading the way I signal to Alice it's like it's got round come back in 20 like what we discussed yes turns on the engine and just begins riding off you begin walking down towards a familiar car park you haven't been there for a while um, and the place is, there's one or two cars in there, but there's no life signs. You anyone, step in. Anyone with a crowbar or anything? <laughs> Do you want to check? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, so, cool. No. So you step in and you take your helmet off. Lisa Ketting moves towards the far end. Still put on a, on a, on a beanie or, a, no, baseball cap. I used to yeah. still put on a baseball yeah. cap. She keeps Don't towards attention. the far end of the, the area. And then stops and turns. Uh, ensuring that Sarah is in close pace before she turns back to you. I hope I've not uh, interrupted anything important. Um, well, just merely delayed a small matter of clan business, but... Um. Well, I'll try not to keep you too long. Not only because I also have my own affairs to deal with, but you also have yours. Thank I believe you. you know my companion, Sarah Matthews. Sarah Woods. Sarah Matthews. Hi, Sarah. Um, you married? I will preempt this entire discussion by saying she has legal residency within the city. At my behest, at the power of the prince. This overrides any other obligation you have with regarding her residency. Absolutely, it's actually 
a little bit of a miracle. So I am actually I'm I'm, I'm kind of happy for you that. Remember when we had that conversation in the museum, in the gallery? Sorry. Um, like, I, I I meant it. There were many multiple accounts of many nasty things coming on over your head. And it's my job, I'm sorry. But okay, this okay. This is a discussion that could potentially be had at a later time. For two reasons. First... The matter of my gratitude, which I mentioned on the phone. Whilst I have taken responsibility for her education, leading towards her formal induction into the city, as you can imagine, her parent is not exactly in the position, hopefully, well, to I, be giving her tutelage. I would, I would assume that should her sire just set foot in anywhere the prince has any the constable's already out looking for her exactly um so it is my belief that she is to be taken as a fledgling under your care yes but my request is that she take up residency with you and yours in exchange for a major boon for our coterie the coterie provided her education becomes my responsibility and is not something you take upon yourself then why would she be part of the coterie with us because her safety would be your concern I have a city to try and salvage me too and I am first line I'll of trade my responsibilities for yours hound If you ensure that she is kept safe, I will ensure that what happened to her kin does not happen to her for the same reasons. As you can understand and appreciate, by taking responsibility for her, it's my own neck on the line as well. Absolutely. I can only promise to be as diligent as I was with her brother. Oh, believe me, if she proves to be has... She pauses for a moment as though trying to find... Reckless. A kinder word. Yeah, I just go with reckless. Short-sighted. As her kin. I mean, I covered no less than half a dozen breaches. I'm well aware. Believe me, this is a matter I've looked into in the aftermath of my meeting with... Many of them aren't, like, people are not even aware that even... Which is why it's in everybody's best interest that she has the best education. I cannot look after her and consumer safety. This is not something that I planned for. Were I going to take my own child, I would ensure I had the means of ensuring their safety and tutelage. At the moment, I can only afford one of those. Well, I can only speak for myself, and I would... I would accept. Jim would have wanted it. Regardless of what happened between him and me, we were co-remates, so I'll honor that. And um, if any of your that's coterie, just my voice. If any of your coterie has an issue with this, contact me at your earliest convenience, and I will consider the boon 
Null and void, and I shall remove her from your hands. Oh, there's to it. Within three nights. Oh, yeah. I'll try to get a hold of Katya and Ben as soon as possible. Um, but again, my guarantee extends to doing everything in my power as I did with her brother. There are things I, not even I can hide. If she's responsible for her own injuries, then I consider that to be on her head. But if you could have protected her and you didn't, I will consider that to be on yours. Yes. I, th I think we're somewhat of an agreement there, yeah. Um, how long is this arrangement for? The arrangement, considering it is a major boon, will be until she is acknowledged by the prince. As a neonate. As a neonate. Understood. Once she is considered to be a neonate, then her survival is on her. Yep. I think... I think she'll be alright. And what about you, Sarah? Um. You're not going to receive better offers, unfortunately. However, if you are set against it, you don't need to reside with them. But you will need to account for yourself. Okay. She is to be referred to as Sarah Matthews. Woods is dead. Okay. Um, I will not allow that name to be used. For obvious reasons. Not for her. Understood. Um, there's a small matter of our haven exploding in her brother's last escapade so as i understand it her kin did not have a place of residency i would look upon you as a coterie yeah uh we are that she has safety we are as a coterie trying to figure out whether or not we should take residence again inside our domain or keep it to our own private personal however you wish to do it she has my contact number understood just inform me of where she is. Sure thing. That's all I ask. Is there anything further you wish to discuss? Any points require clarification? Um, nothing as such from my part. It seems like a very straightforward uh, boon, yeah. the way I see it. I will contact the rest of my coterie. I will ask, though. Uh, tonight I am lacking any personal transportation. Uh, Remember my car accident. I mean, if she has seen all times we have covered for each other, what, like, or my motorcycle, uh, so I, I'm lacking all of those. Uh, so I'm riding with somebody else. I have no way of transporting her. Could it be possible that she could you drop her at Elysium in a place with like? Do you have a way of living? Keeping her in Elysium, well, she'll be safe with somebody else. So All I can kindred go. are allowed into the Elysium unless the Keeper of Elysium or the Prince decides otherwise. I will take her there, but she will need to be moved before sunrise. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, before the end of the night. Um, Sarah, um, can I have your phone for a second, please? I just make it easy. What? Tell me it's an Nokia. Sure. <laughs> Nokia, sponsored by <laughs> Oh, is it one of the old ones? It's just 2001. Um, 
it's a slightly burnt Nokia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that harsh. <laughs> um, if, it was, if it's one that allows for two cards, I just put a second one. It's so much easier. I'm not that generous. Damn. I'll, I'll spit dial on number six. My public number. Okay. Okay. And for Moses, speed down. Um, and uh, now that I have her phone, I will, I will try to pick you up after midnight. But I'm going to meet my own primogen. Uh, and I have no idea what he wants. Don't worry, if it's not me, it'll be Benjamin. I believe you did not meet him. But I will try, if, if not, I will try Katya, which I believe you did meet. I, I don't remember. Was I the only person you met that night you were looking for Jim? When you slept in my hideout? Oh, I just put a hand on her shoulder. It's like, I had no, like. Oh, sorry, I didn't. Cry if you need to wipe your eyes. Sorry, I've been a dick. Um, apologies. Um, you'll be safe with us. I'll, I'll pick you up. I'll keep you posted. Is that okay with you? If you would be so kind as to pass a message on to Benjamin for me. I've taken the liberty of refurbishing. It's in everyone's best interest that the gallery come operational as soon as possible. Oh, oh, the visions, the visions of of Volvi, 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 Voltaire, him. Um, wait a second. Will you be helping him? He, I think he had an idea of opening again, like doing a grand opening or something at some point. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, he was like refurbishing the place. We never had like many conversations about that. I'm talking the minor refurbishments that happened in the wake of. Oh, cleanup business. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um. Um. Yes, um, yes, uh, I'll let him know. Thank you. I will take you over to the asylum. Good evening to you. Good evening to you, Moses. And I hope the rest of your evening carries you well. Oh, me too. I put on my helmet, see Sarah one last time, say nothing, pull my visor down, and walk back to where... Alice is going to pick me up in a couple of minutes. Waits for you to go. Mm -hmm. Gone. Are you okay? I don't mean to sound heartless. But you need to be careful. You're not in my haven at the moment. It's very... Human. 
want to cry. But your tears. You're not human anymore. Yeah. On the outside at least. Lead back to the car. So, she makes her way back with you towards the car, climbs into it, and then, after a few moments, waiting until a few cars have passed, takes off. Anatole has been inside for at least five minutes. Mm -hmm. And the initial voices that you heard, mm -hmm. or the initial voice you heard, was indeed Alicia's. I'm wondering whether just the sound of her voice is enough to provoke me to fury frenzy, or whether I actually need to see her in the flesh before sure, cool. that happens. I mean, I might as well get it over with now <laughs> and find out. But I think that, I just don't think that Benjamin, it was like a couple of nights ago, I don't think he's going to be able to hear... I mean, either that or Fear Frenzy, your choice. But I think he's going to have some kind of massive instant reaction. Because she was obviously traumatising in their last meeting. So, I, you know, I'm happy to go either way. Before we do that, <laughs> um, just in chat saying that uh, they missed 30 seconds. Is that due to an audio issue? No? no, no. no? Okay, yeah, just want to double check. So... It's entirely up to you. Um, you didn't hear like actual words. You know the tone is hers, but there has been aggressive tones, aggressive voices, and then a soft one in response, and then voices have died down. Okay. And you can't hear what's being said, but you're left standing there, just staring at this building. You can't see inside uh, this structure. You can't see inside. And it's silent. Mm. But you can almost feel like there's a dialogue going on. Yeah. I will be feeling very agitated. I will be sort of, and, and listening obviously out for the slightest hint of something kicking off. And then, finally, the door opens. Mm -hmm. And Anatoly steps out. His hair retied back. And he shuts the door quietly and steps down towards you. If you want anything to be said, if there's anything you want to do, Now's your chime. I mean... But when you leave here... Yes? That's it. What, what, what do you mean, that, that's it? What, what does that mean? Sounds very final. Well, this is a branch in your future. You mean as in, as in whatever I, I, I'm going to talk? This is your choice. Ahead is two paths. 
One led by Simon, one led by Benjamin. I... I... And only one of them is going to survive the Fields of Red. And and and, and it, when you say Fields of Red, do you, do you mean do you mean that caravan? No. No. That's a caravan. Yes. Sorry, I'm a little confused. And and it's very and and I have to go in and see her. I don't know what I'm going to do when I see her. Do Do you understand? I I, I don't know if I'm going to run away. I don't know if I'm going to talk to her. I don't know if I'm just going to run up the walls. I don't know if I'm going to to, to throw myself and try and. I I just don't know. Good. All right. Do you know how freeing it is to have choice? You've got a big one to make now. Right. Your real self is going to make the choice for you. But at least you have the illusion of it. I... I don't know about real, real selves. I don't know. It's all... It's all crumbling. It's all mixed and messed and... and, and, and... It's not a mess. Not when you look at it in its entirety. I, I don't see it in its entirety. Because you're not looking at the whole thing. You're looking at a very small, small part. I, I you're don't... looking at the part that concerns you. Yes. Isn't, isn't that what most people do? That's not what we do. All right. I need to go in there. And, and you won't let her do what she did before to me. I'm not going in there. He's saying that she might just do what she did before and you're, you're just not going to... You're going to stand here and let it happen? You don't need me in there. All right. Fine. Fine. You could, because we could, we could just call the constable. I think she'd really like to, to see... At least... No. That's an option. I mean, that's often what I do in these sort of situations. That's what one of you does. Like I said. Fine. Fine. I'll go in. So I'll go up to the... I'll go up to the, the step or whatever it is to get into the, to the caravan door. And I will listen at the door for a moment in case there's any kind of sounds of movement or Anatoly doesn't move he just watches you I will knock out some kind of like politeness that is sort of woven into my system that I can't quite avoid and then I'll open the door okay. this caravan is quite compact and it's in a state of disarray there are pieces all over the place. Curtains, old curtains, are hanging over cabinets, whereas new ones have been recently put up. The table is cluttered with debris. None of it organic, 
but just different pieces. There's some maps, there's some notes, there's some photographs, but most of them are turned over and you can't quite get a glance at them. Mm -hmm. None of the lights are working. It's dark in here. And some of the doors are open and there's clothes strewn on the floor. And the kitchen sink, although nothing is dirty, is cluttered. And as you look slowly, you look over towards the far end of the caravan where there is a makeshift hanging which blocks your assuming to be the bedroom. Mm-hmm. There's no one else there. So I'll move very kind of deliberately with a quite a lot of reluctance towards the hanging. I might stop though by some of the photos because you said they were turned over. Mm. I'll turn one back over and just see the photo seems to be on. They're pictures that you immediately recognise. You recognise the people in them, but not the pictures themselves. Okay. And they're pictures of what you are assuming to be a young Jim and a young Sarah. Mm. There's also several pictures of a young lady. Not in the same pictures, but separate. They okay. look to be older and faded. And okay. these ones, you can tell they're older than faded because of the crease that runs down the middle of them, which shows that they've been periodically closed, unopened, closed, mm -hmm. unopened. Mm -hmm. Shows that they've been weathered and used often. And it takes you a long moment of staring at it, but you recognize, you look, and it's, it's almost like this girl that's in the picture is recognizable, but you don't quite know where from. But there's something familiar about her. Very. Do I think it could be a familial resemblance between Sarah and Jim and this woman? It could be. Okay. So I'll, I'll put the pictures back as they were. Um, and I'll very slowly move to the, to the hanging. And just very slowly put it back. Illuminated by the very faint light outside the curtains. There's a bed that takes up the majority of this rectangular space and there is a silhouette upon it that you immediately recognize as Alicia okay and she's on her knees on the bed and she's slumped forwards and her hands are gripped upon the bedspread okay and you can tell that by the way that the duvet part of the mattress and the undersheet are just bunched between her what you initially think are fingers but they're not their talents and they're embedded in the bed. Okay. And she's shivering is the only way to kind of explain it. And her hair falls freely about in front of her and you can't quite make out her face, but you know it's her. And very slowly, as you finish pushing it apart, she lifts back and the talons are embedded so much so that the mattress seems to shift underneath her and she almost pulls it away with her and her eyes are blood red and there are tears streaking and the pool of blood which is around her suggests that she is wept and it is all over in front of her and when she leans back she doesn't see you she just seems to be staring through you at something in the distance that only she can see 
and her body continues to shake. And although she has the physical motions of someone that's crying, she makes no sound. Okay. I think I'm going to stare at her for quite a while. Partly to see if she comes out of this state, but also partly trying to process. She continues to stare back at you, but there is no recognition there. It's like she's looking through, but she's looking in your direction. Is she, did you say she's sorry kneeling like on the bed? She's now, she's now on her knees, but she's squatted back. Hair now pulled around, matted from the blood, and her eyes are blood red. Shot, and the blood's just running freely. It's not old tears; she's still crying, but there's no sound coming from her. Um. And then, as she gasps, just a shuddering gasp, again no sound, you realise that there is no tongue poking out. And then as you kind of glance down to where she's pulled the mattress, you see that she's bitten through it. And it's just there next to her. Okay. Uh, I'm... Sorry, do you want me to make a frenzy check, incidentally? That's entirely your call. I mean, I was all set for one, but I wonder actually if this is... whether he's not going to throw himself. But I'm happy to make the roll there if you want. I, I, it suddenly doesn't seem as... If she'd just been sitting there, like, looking at him, I think he might have just lost it, because she's in this state, it's a bit... Is it... How, how big a percentage would you say it is that you're lifting at the moment? To which avenue you want to go? I think I'm lifting. I'm more percentage leaning away from making the frenzy check, but I'm happy to make one. Roll percentile. You've got, got percentile dice. Oh my god! Uh, That's true. I do have percentile. Actually, you choose yeah, the me... percentage of what likelihood he is to not frenzy, and then roll against that. Okay, so I'm going to say whites is tens, and I'm going to say he's about 25% likely to frenzy. Okay. So if I get under 25, I will make a frenzy check. Frenzy. But yes, you better believe it, people, because it's my luck. So, two. Oh, no, I actually got 15. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not frenzying. You're not. No. The beast awakens. And you can feel your entire body beginning to tense as you stare at her. As she stares through you. And the beast is there. And it's cunning. It doesn't know how to communicate the words to you, but it has other means. And it begins flashing images within the back of your mind, mm. almost like flashes from a camera of Amelia when she's in front of you. Amelia when she's being held. The pain on Amelia's face when she is being ran through. And in each and every single one of these, she is just staring at you pleadingly and there is absolutely no masking the pain on her face the horror the shock the sadness it's all there and the beast is making pains to show this to you i need that roll then hmm? did you pass the roll you did well, pass got, the roll yes I you got did four successes so if that's enough which i assume it is yeah it is I'm going to move closer to her. The beast is still there, but you have 
control on it. It's just an incessant voice in your ear at this point. It has no control. But it's still there and you can still hear it. You can still see those images. I'll, uh, I'll look at her for quite a few long moments and then say, quite quietly, can you hear me, Alicia? She swallows. It's quite convenient, this, isn't it? I'll point at her tongue. It means you can't say anything. But I see you. I know something about you. I know even if you had that tongue, you'd have nothing to say. Would you? She swallows again. Continues to cry. Swallows. You know, I used to think, I used to think that Jim wasn't doing very well. But now, I know he was doing very well. Because he had you. As a sire. What did you give him? gave him nothing. What have you ever done? I want you to think about that question because if I'm right, I think, I think you want to give me a really good answer quite soon. seems interesting to me that you would keep pictures of that family and then you would turn Sarah on what? A whim? And then dump her in my home? You know, I used to think you were impressive. But actually, you're, you're like me. Do you know that? You're a confection. You're a pretense. You're a void with a face. That's what you are. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, if you can bring back your tongue or if you can give me an answer, I'll walk away. I will walk away. If you can't, I'm going to make you pay for what you did to Amelia, for what you did to Sarah, for what you did to Jim. I see you. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I'm going to look around to see if there is anything that's a suitable implement for violence for a few moments. Obviously, if she giving her a chance to speak. Knives and forks. And then I'll suddenly stop and say, no, no, <laughs> I've got it. I've got the perfect, perfect thing. I'll take out the, the pen knife that Jim gave me. 
that Darren Fitcher had. Now, Jim tells me you're all about being tough and strong and that you always have answers. So give me an answer. Give me a reason why your existence is worth prolonging because all I see is death and chaos. I'll open the knife. No. Do you know what I was doing before you called me? I was rescuing your child. I was rescuing him. I was doing everything I could to help him. And because what? Because I, I didn't do what you wanted? Because I was a soft target? You came after me? If you... If you were anything like you pretended to be, you would have gone after the prince. You would have gone after the constable. You would have gone after the people that destroyed him. But you're a... You're a lie. And so you came after me because I was easy. Did it make you feel better? Did you feel like, did you feel like a big strong vampire? Did you feel like you'd avenged your child when you killed Amelia? Did you feel like you'd brought justice when you, when you f embraced his sister and dumped her? Couldn't even be bothered to look after her yourself? I know, I know what it is to be empty, Alicia. I know what it is to, to be unworthy of existence. I don't want to see you again. Jim gave me this, by the way, so I could protect myself. Do you know I've never really used it apart from I've never really used it to protect myself. I think it's fitting you have this. I think it's fitting you decide where you think you should stick it. I'll put the knife down in front of her. And I will, is there a window or something in here that's in the caravan? Yeah, there's one circle in the bed. Is it blocked? Yeah. I'll pull the blockage off it until it's clear so, and you can decide whether you want to stay here or not. And I'll, yeah, I think I'll leave it there and walk out. Okay. So. <clears throat> you step out of the caravan. Anatoly hasn't moved. And he waits for you to shut the door and step down. Then he approaches you. Welcome back, Benjamin.
You ready? Yes. Good, because... Now comes the hard part. And he turns and very slowly starts walking back down the trail. Yeah, I'll follow him. Okay. Asylum <laughs> looks pretty much how it was the last time you were there, although at this point, midway through the week, it's not that busy. Certainly not at this hour. There's few people in there that warrants the music being on that has a few drinks going back and forth, but it is largely empty. The only few people that are in here, the way that they kind of look over at Lisa the moment she walks in, and it's not a kind of, you know, appraising look. It's more of a differential look, and it's fleeting, but it's there, and you notice it as you're looking over. And these are the people you immediately know are your kind. And they make up the vast majority of the people in the room. So, is there anything you need? I don't think so right now. Okay. You have my number. You also now have Moses's. And at least for the next three days until I hear different. He is someone that you can turn to. Cautiously. But I can't promise that I can answer the phone within the next couple of hours. There's a few bits and pieces that need attending to. My phone will be off. So if you do need anything, He's the one to contact. Do you understand? Yes. Thank you. And it looks like someone wants to speak to you anyway. Look over. So. <laughs> there is a kindred who is watching you. You immediately recognize this individual as Miles Wright. The kindred who originally, uh, the one that was speaking to Lisa Ketting before, the one that has been identified as the one in charge of asylum. And he waits for Lisa to go, then comes over. Join yourself. Um, I don't know yet. You look like you could use a drink, follow me. Starts making his way back towards that same room. And holds the door open for you. Follow him. Okay. Steps inside. And he goes and takes his seat. And then just just for you to take the one opposite. So, drinks and neck. Canister there. Yeah, take a look at it. The kind that you can drink. Cold, but.
dip a finger in it and taste it. It's blood. Just. Just blood. It's nice, but it's cold. But not like really nice. <laughs> I've, uh. Gotten used over the years to recognizing people that are in uh, ship position socially. I mean, you're up there. <laughs> it's a long list, you're up there. So was I once. Do you know what a caitiff is? No. Yeah, see, I knew you were green. I didn't know how green. You, so you are caitiff. Yeah. You belong to uh, a clan, right? Of course you do. Yeah. So does every vampire in the city. Until they don't. And when you don't belong to a clan, you don't belong to anything of prestige. You don't have that political kind of oomph. It's like going, to, like going to a college campus and then not having a frat house. It's like... Uh, it's like being the only orphan, the only adopted child. I mean, you're allowed to exist, but that's it. So, the caitiff are how people would refer to those without a clan? Yeah, you get cheated by shit. You don't have that problem. I did. Still do to a degree. But my point is, this is a cushy position. I'm Caitiff. You can overcome your obstacles. Or you can let them overcome you and you can be a smear on the ground. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm not sure I do. You're in for a hell of an ass kicking. Socially, physically, mentally, morally. You're entering into a whole new world. Yeah. Oh, you think it's hard now? It's gonna get worse. And unless you have the backbone and the willpower to stop it, or at least ride with it, you ain't gonna survive. So I'm looking at you and I see two things. I see someone that is similar to me and I also see someone that's on the fence about whether this is worth it. 
Is it? Depends what you're after. You want power? Fuck yeah, it's worth it. You want everything you wanted in life. As long as it's not a suntan. Yeah, worth it. You want to be able to go to bed every morning knowing that you are a good person? Fuck no. You want to be able to make the world a little better than how you found it? Then no. Of course it's not. Just because we're not the slathering creatures that you see in the films doesn't mean that we're not every bit the monsters they depict. But you've got to become okay with that. I don't think you're ready for that. I'm telling you this now because... I know why you're still here. I also know who you are. Eh, don't brick yourself. If I wanted to have you killed, I would have added a door. Sure, I would have had to kiss a few asses. But once the big guy knows who you are, I'm pretty certain he'd forgive me. My point is... You're starting off worse than most. Now, I don't know if I've got like a soft spot for the underdog or if I'm just feeling in a charitable mood. But I'm sick to death of seeing new faces and then forgetting them just as quickly. I've been where you are. I wish someone was sat in this seat when I was sat in that one. I didn't have that. I ain't asking for pity, I'm not looking for it, that's not the point of this story. The point of the story is, you have this now. Doesn't mean I'm gonna be at your back and call. You got primogen for that. But... Which, by the way, real fucking suspicious. Just saying. Hey, not on your part, on hers. But, here's what it is. Point is, don't give up. Or do. Your call. But if you're still here in a couple of nights, give it your all. Because they ain't going to let you do less. Um, what, what do you want from me? I don't want fucking nothing. You can't give me nothing. You're not even a neonate. What the fuck are you going to give me? I, I don't know. I don't want shit from you. As far as I'm concerned, you not being here, you being, is absolutely no different to me. But I think if you're around in a couple of years, who knows, it could change. For the better, hopefully. Maybe I'm just sick of being in a city where every single fucker is older than me, you know? Plus, I knew someone that uh, 
owed your brother. I ain't saying who, so don't ask. And no, it's not on our side of things, it's on his side of things. Nothing to commit me to obligation, you understand, but just enough to make your name on my ears a bit warmer. So I don't completely hate your guts, let's leave it at that. It's refreshing for me. Because I'm a bit of an asshole. Have your drink, it's not poison. Keep drinking. I ain't gonna offer you my shoulder to cry on. I'm not gonna offer to be the one that you can come to and talk to about all your issues because I got enough on my plate. God knows everyone in this city has enough on their plates, but... I ain't you got what it takes to at least survive the year. Let's make that the landmark. But if you do die, don't do it on my, you know, asylum. It's costly. I like this club. Do you know how many fucking vormin asses I had to kick to get this? Finish that and back out. No, finish it. And then... There's a blonde by the door. Tell her she can come in now. Madame, thank you. What was the door? There is indeed a blonde outside the door. Any, uh, do I recognize her at all? Or just... him. No. Oh, Here's. Waiting for you. Okay. Puts on the drink and starts making over towards the door. Closes the door. It's quite clear he has no idea why he's got to go into this office, but the fact it looks official and you've just come out of it, it goes in there. So, you are now free in the club. Is there anything you wish to do? Anyone you wish to call? Anything? That's all. I'm just going to... Light mingle, just yeah, just no, nothing, nothing, just just kind of mingle. Um, okay. Yeah. So where are you heading? I tell her. I tell Alice that I got a ball. Uh, like that, that I have to go to the Warrens. So. I asked her to drop me off the best entrance to the system that'll get me the closest to the tunnels so I can have so I walk the least distance okay so it only takes me like I don't know 20 minutes or half hour inside the tunnels instead of like an hour or two cool alright so she'll drop you something close by but before we go into your scene and everything it entails we're going to go on a break. Thank you for listening to part one of this episode of Blood on the Thames. We really hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you ever want to watch us playing live, find us at Twitch at 7pm UK time every Monday. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook for latest updates. See you next week.